is Building on the Solid Rock with Pastor Troy Neely of Calvary Chapel's Solid Rock. Let every family find faith in the Father's love. This is where it begins. This is our cry, this is our song, Jesus the way. We find our life in Him. People hear His voice. I believe God has reached out to every single individual at some point. It's a matter of whether they listen, log it in, or they go, I don't want that, I'm not going to have it. We can all look back in our lives and see the hand of God. Sometimes we look back and we can go, I think I heard the Lord speak to my heart. I did something because I just heard this voice. It saved me. It changed the whole direction of my life. Because there is a God who loves you and who cares. Did you hear that? God loves you and he cares about you deeply. When you love people, don't you go out of your way to communicate with them? Oftentimes God speaks to us and we don't even realize it. Understand there isn't a perfect formula for recognizing God's voice. There are numerous ways that God can speak to you. The question is this, has your unbelief been causing you to deliberately ignore the voice of God? Today as you join Pastor Troy, he carries on his discussion on belief and unbelief. Now, here's Pastor Troy in John chapter 10 as he continues his message, The Nature of Belief and Unbelief. Verse 31. Then the Jews took up stones again to stone him because he had declared himself equal with the Father. Jesus answered them, Many good works I have shown you from my Father. For which of those works do you stone me? The Jews answered him saying, For a good work we do not stone you, but for blasphemy and because you, being a man, make yourself God. You're making yourself equal with God. How could you dare do that? That's blasphemy. But he's the son of God. He's Christ, and there's no other way, right? Well, there's another thing about unbelief. It rejects the narrowness of Christ. It rejects the narrowness of Christ. It's too narrow for the unbelievers. That's one of their arguments. That's too narrow. You see, these guys here standing before Jesus, they understand clearly what he's saying and has been saying about himself. He's equal with the Father. He and the Father are one. He is from heaven, from the Father. They understand. When Jesus speaks, it's God's word. They understand what he's claiming. And they're saying, well, it's blasphemous for you to put yourself on the same level as God, saying what I say is God's word, authoritative. Jesus had said things like, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. You can't come in any other way. He said, before Abraham was, I am. You remember that statement? I am? That's equality with God if there ever was a statement. So he's consistently claimed to be the only way. And yet, they've rejected him as the way. They've rejected him as the only way for sure. Have you ever heard someone say about Jesus, 
I just can't believe that he is the only way. He just can't be the only way or they'll broaden it off. They won't use Jesus' name. Maybe they'll say Christianity, which Christianity in its true source is we follow Jesus. That's the idea of Christianity, Christianos, followers of Christ or little Christs. And so the idea is that they say, I can't believe because I see so many other people who are sincere and loving and good people that this would be the only way. A majority of the world, just so you have a general statistic here, most of the world does not believe in Christ. Not that he didn't exist or anything, but they don't believe in him. They don't have faith in him. They don't put their trust in him as the son of God, God in the flesh, the savior, the one and only way. Most of the world, we can get in our little Christian bubble. You know, when we're in church a lot, we're around others and it's almost like, well, everyone believes. No, not so. Most do not. Most do not believe. In fact, they'll look at you who do believe and they will say, you guys are so narrow. Almost to paint you as mean. You're narrow and you're exclusive. How narrow, and not only how narrow, but how arrogant. How arrogant can you be to think that you have the only way? Now, the truth is, I don't think I have the only way. I just believe Jesus is the only way. And that's what I'm sharing with them. There's a lot of flaws. I'm still learning. I'm still growing. I could counsel you on this and that and my way of disciplining my children or raising a boy versus a girl, all that stuff may vary from someone else's a little bit. I don't have all the answers. I'm not the way, the truth, and the life. However, when Jesus makes comment on certain things, when Jesus has an opinion about something, when Jesus has spoken about something, I understand his is right. And so he is the way, the truth, the life. There is no other way. So when I stand on his word and I say, yeah, there is no other way, no other religion. And it's not about the religion, nothing against them personally. I didn't make the claim. I just believe that Jesus did. And I believe in him. And when I declare that I'm standing on his word, he made the claim, not me. But they say that that is so mean, narrow, Their problem is in their thinking, the way they might illustrate. Because I've heard some use the illustration of a mountaintop. Well, everyone's just climbing the mountain, and they're all going a different path, but in the end, they all get to the same peak. Well, that's not really how it goes, because that would mean we've worked our way to get there. We've discovered, we've worked our way, we did it. But it's really more like a rope that has been let down from heaven. A hand that has been placed out going, you have to, there's no other way. (laughs) So I'm going to save you, but you got to grab this hand. You got to grab this rope. There is no other, no other ways, no other paths. You can't get there yourself. Without the letting down of the rope, there is no salvation. There can be no salvation. So rather than complaining about being so narrow, people ought to be thankful there is a way. That there is a way at all. It's the love of God that has made a way because God cannot be in the presence of sin without destroying, consuming that which is sinful. And so he's made a way and it costs the blood of Christ. Jesus had to die on the cross, a brutal death, 
undeserving. So that the way could be opened because we need to be covered by something, clothed with a righteousness we don't possess that's only received as we believe by faith. Live our lives going, I believe what he did. I believe what he did for me. And I'm going to live with a newness of life. I see you. I hear you, God. And I'm going to respond to you like I do. Because other people hear him. They've heard. You hear about Balaam. Balaam and the donkey. God spoke to Balaam. Balaam wasn't a believer. Balaam is looked at as a negative person, as somebody who's not in heaven, who misled people, but he heard the voice of God. But he wasn't a believer. People hear his voice. I believe God has reached out to every single individual at some point. It's a matter of whether they listen, log it in, or they go, I don't want that, I'm not going to have it. We can all look back in our lives and see the hand of God. Sometimes we look back and we can go, I think I heard the Lord speak to my heart. I did something because I just heard this voice. And it saved me. It changed the whole direction of my life. Because there is a God who loves you and who cares. But many reject the narrowness of Christ. It's like receiving one card. Well, I reject this card. I want multiple cards. No, we got one. It's a love letter. It's the word of God revealing himself to us. Read it. Enjoy it. Because it's for you. It's the truth. So statements like, I am the way, the truth, and life. No one comes to the Father but by me. They give us no room to say there are other ways. It's hard. I want people to like me. I want to say, you know what? If you're sincere, you're a good family, man. I would accept you in heaven. I see no reason why Jesus wouldn't. I can't say those things. Because if they don't, it doesn't matter how good they are. If they don't believe in Christ, they're not going to be going to heaven. And so we're left behind as lights and salt in the world to live our lives, to share the gospel so that they might believe. So unbelief rejects the narrowness of Christ. Look at verse 34. He's quoting the word of God. Is it not written in your law? I said you are gods. If he called them gods to whom the word of God came, and the scriptures cannot be broken, do you say of him whom the Father sanctified and sent into the world, you are blaspheming because I said I am the Son of God? If I do not do the works of my Father, do not believe me. But if I do, though you do not believe me, believe the works that you may know and believe that the Father is in me and I in him. Therefore, they sought again to seize him, but he escaped out of their hand. Third thing about unbelief, it neglects the testimony of Scripture. Jesus just quoted Scripture and some of us may scratch our heads. God said you are God's? Let me explain. He takes them to Psalm 82 Verse 6, where God in his word is speaking to those who had been called at one point to be judges. Now, there was a period of time in Israel's history where certain judges were given God's word, like, like a prophet 
and then, you know, the judges that all failed, there were those who spoke God's word to the people, helped them stay in line and grow like the prophets. So you might equate them to prophets. Well, they were often referred to as little g gods because what they said was the word of God. They represented God to the people. And the people would say, hey, when they speak, they speak on the same level as God. They're speaking his word. His voice is coming through them. So there's a reference to them and the fact that they were referred to as gods. Pastor Troy will return soon with the second half of today's edition of Building on the Solid Rock, so stay with us. If you're enjoying the teachings of Pastor Troy Neely and would like more information about this program, we invite you to visit our website at buildingonthesolidrock.com. There you will also find an archive of previous messages from verse-by-verse, chapter-by-chapter, and book-by-book studies through the Bible. We'd also encourage you to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, as you'll be able to gain access to the latest teachings as soon as they're posted. That website again is buildingonthesolidrock.com. We're blessed to be a part of your life through the ministry of Building on the Solid Rock. We pray you're blessed as you continue to tune in. Now, back to Pastor Troy with more of today's message. So they had authority to represent God and to provide justice to the people because of a position. But if you read that psalm, it's about God judging them who are in that position. He's saying, though you're called gods, though you're in this situation, you're going to die like men. Because basically what had happened is they were corrupt in their judgments, seated in a position to represent God and his voice to the people, but they were corrupting things. And God says, but I'm going to bring you low and you're going to die like mere men. Because though you're trying to speak like you're equal, you're sinners and I'm going to judge you. So that's the scripture he refers to, but here's why. Because these guys would read that text and remember those guys who were called the judges at the time and equal with God, and maybe they were good ones and not so good ones, saying, look, if back then this happened where men spoke the very word of God on the same level as God, how come you're getting so mad at me when I say, not only am I speaking at that level, but I am the son of God? You've accepted it in the scriptures, and yet here it is being lived out right before you, and you're ready to stone me, and I'm claiming to be the son of God. So he's poking holes in their position and why they want to stone him. He's claiming to be equal with God. Yeah, I am, because I am equal with God. I'm speaking the very words of God, and this is not something new. There were those who were in that position, and you guys accepted them. So that's what Jesus is pointing out. But the difference is, one, Jesus is not corrupt. And two, Jesus' claim is different. The term expressed to use Jesus when Jesus refers to himself as the Son of God is only used to describe Jesus. And it's not a general term for sonship, like I have inherited some of my father's traits, but is a term that means I am of the exact same DNA. I am of the exact same. In Hebrews, it says he was the exact image of his person. If God had a body, if God had an image, 
He does. It's Jesus. He is the exact image, the express image of his person. So Jesus is saying, if I am that, the son of God, if I'm claiming to be not only equal with and giving his word to you, but I'm saying I am from there, I came from there, I'm sent here. On top of that, I'm claiming to speak his words. How can you be so mad that I'm claiming to be equal with him in speech when you've accepted this from men? Poking holes. So Jesus uses the word of God to poke holes in their case against him that he should be killed for claiming to be equal in authority. And then he goes on to say, and if you don't believe my spoken claims, at least acknowledge the works. Look at the works. They validate, they verify who I am. They verify my claims. You see, there were scriptures that the Messiah would perform miracles. They would perform miracles and that he would also heal. The blind would see, the lame would walk, and these things had been done. He's saying, believe that. It's not just I'm claiming. Look at the works that validate. But see, the thing about unbelief is that it neglects even the testimony of Scripture. Now, we understand the unbeliever. They say, I don't believe that book. But I'm going to tell you this. Even Christians hit walls in their growth and their ability to grow because of unbelief. They don't want to go that far. I don't want to embrace that quality or that truth. God's got to do a work in that heart because it's not a matter of I need more questions answered. It's, I need to put down my life and go, this is the word of God. I think it's funny how two Christians will have two different perspectives on something. And then the one Christian might say, well, here's why we believe this. The word of God says this, and 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 so we build our life on the word of God. This is why. And then the other Christian will say, well, I don't believe that way. And what about this circumstance? And what about that circumstance? And what about this person? And what about that? And they start pointing to the world or the culture or to circumstances or to things rather than to the word of God. Guys, we've got to be careful because it happens a lot that will, I don't see it that way. And then we point to circumstances in the world around us to justify why we're not going to embrace that. Whereas others are going, well, the Bible says this, Bible says this, Bible says this, Bible says this. That's why we do what we do. We need to learn to build our lives on the word of God, not based upon the culture, not based upon, and this is really an excuse. Well, what about this circumstance? What if this circumstance happens? Well, are you in that circumstance? No, but what if it happens? Okay, so now you're just dodging. Now you're just dodging because you don't want to deal with it. You're like some martyr for that group of people. Well, the truth is, you're not in that circumstance, and this is the word of God. What are you standing on? And this is the way we've got to confront even those in the church to go, look, we've got to build our lives on the truth of God's word because we're not going to grow otherwise. So, unbelief neglects the testimony of Scripture. Look at verse 40. We'll move on to belief now. Verse 40. And he went away again beyond the Jordan to the place where John was baptizing at first. And there he stayed. Then many came to him and said, 
John performed no sign, but all the things that John spoke about this man were true, and many believed in him there. Now let's just touch on the simple nature of belief. We're going to look at two natures of belief, and we're going to see that belief is fairly simple. One, it evaluates objective evidence. It evaluates objective evidence. When some of those saw that those who were blind could now see that Jesus did the miracles, they said, well, John didn't do any of these miracles, but he was a very notable man, and he pointed to Jesus, and Jesus has done those miracles. And so I think we can trust the testimony of John. Because look at what's happened. He's a good man. He's pointed. And then there's evidence. There's objective evidence. So they see this and they go, I'm going to accept that objective evidence because no one has ever been able to do these things. So we're going to accept this. Let this help us make our decision about what's right, what's true. Objective evidence is not tainted by emotions or our biases. Objective evidence is observable fact that has to be factored into the equation. It's seen, it's not presumed. It's not like, well, this has happened three times, so I can assume that's not objective. This is objective, it has happened three times. I've seen it. So objective evidence for Jesus were the signs. Look at the signs. I'm not quoting people from a long time ago that did things. You've seen the signs. So can you not believe? But Jesus is always met with unbelief. Did you know that our faith is not some blind faith? It's not just, hey, here's what we believe. Here's the way we believe it. Just accept it. And just accept it, and that's blind faith. Believe whichever one you're going to believe. If that's what you think faith is, and that's what we're putting our faith in, then yeah, I guess all roads lead to the same place, hell. But our faith is actually based upon evidence. I'm not going to go into all of that today, but Hebrews 11.1 says this. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. What this is talking about, really, is you can say you have faith. I have faith. But faith is really the substance. I have a hope. You don't know I have that hope. But you will know I have that hope when I live my life in a way you can actually see it that goes, oh, he has a hope. He's living his life like he has a hope. And it's the evidence of things unseen. So I say I believe in the Lord. You can see there's an evidence that that's true, not just some claim, because anyone can claim that. So Hebrews, the author of Hebrews, understood that there is something observable about a genuine faith. Well, there are objective things about Christianity that if you're honest in your evaluation of them, they just make sense. They're reasonable. And I'll just point to one. The Bible, the book that's so under fire. But listen, we have it in our hands, and it is a compilation of 66 books, different books. 
That's all we have time for today on Building on the Solid Rock. Next time, Pastor Troy Needley will teach again in the book of John as he goes verse by verse and chapter by chapter through this gospel book. If this series has been a blessing to you, would you let us know? Send us an email to info at buildingonthesolidrock.com. We love to hear from our listeners about their experience with this ministry. Let us know if you have any questions about our radio program. In addition to hearing encouraging messages here on the radio, it's important to be involved in a local church. If you live in or are visiting the San Antonio area, come visit Calvary Chapel Solid Rock. You'll find service times on our church website. Just follow the link from buildingonthesolidrock.com. If you're unable to be there in person, join us online. Again, our website is buildingonthesolidrock.com. That's all for today. Be sure to tune in again for more from the Gospel of John on Building on the Solid Rock. Let the light of Christ shine as we grow in.